This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Today's episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast is brought to you by our presenting sponsor, Ponco Chicken. Ponco Chicken, if you did not already know, is a unique spin on Japanese and Western cuisine. Uh, there are stores, if you're not familiar, um, all around the Atlanta area. Uh, there's one in Marietta now. There's one in Buckhead. There's one in Shambly. There's one in uh, Midtown. They're popping up everywhere because Ponco is awesome and uh, they're like family. So um, go check out Ponco if you have not already. It is the home of the award-winning Japanese American Chicken Tender. Just to brag on them a little bit more, they were Verizon Super Bowl Live top-selling vendor, three-peat Taste of Atlanta award winner, uh, Midtown Alliance best taste winner. Just they won all the awards because Ponco is great and Ponco is delicious. So if you are in the Atlanta area and are looking to try something new and good and delicious, go check out Ponco Chicken today and tell them that I sent you over. Uh, also, if you have not already, go check out chasemonspodcast.com. It's where all of my episodes to all of my podcasts are, all of my writing that I do, uh, more information on me and who I am um, and why you should be listening to this podcast and reading my work and all of that great stuff. Go do that. Go to Chase Thomas Podcast today. If you're an Apple podcast listener, go ahead and leave me five stars and a rating and a review. That's great. I need it. Um, it helps the show continue to grow and all of that good stuff. Um, you can listen on SoundCloud, Spotify, like I said, Apple, Google Play, everywhere where you can get your podcast. The Chase Thomas Podcast will be there. So go do that today. Um, all right. I think that's everything. We can get into today's episode. Uncle Darren, let's go. Chase Thomas Podcast. The Chase Thomas Podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right. Welcome back to a... Monday night edition of the Chase Notes podcast. It's Monday, so you know what that means. Evan Sowards is here. What's going on, buddy? What's going on, man? How you doing? I'm good. This is, uh, I think we're. Uh, this is a good routine. I like uh, that we're doing this every week. I I enjoy coming on. I uh, I haven't been on a podcast in a little in much this year, just because I've been so focused on the 49ers season, and it's it. I'm, I got to say, I missed it. It's good to be back. Well, you have a spot here, and I think uh, this is. I think we're starting to get a rhythm. We're figuring out what works, what doesn't. Segments to add, segments to take back. Um, you know what, people? Not even just people. You know who might want to have something back in the last twenty four hours? Um, Jimmy Ward, Kyle Shanahan, mm. Robert Sala, mm. um, Eric Armstead, potentially Jimmy Garoppolo. George Kittle, uh, who fumbled the ball on the for sure first down he was going to get that would allow the clock to run out and the game to be over. Um, so you're doing well post uh, Falcons win in uh, San Francisco. I, you know, honestly, like I am an eternal optimist. I always have been an eternal optimist. 
Um, that win was awful for, <laughs> for the Falcons. Like, it helped no one. The Falcons won the game, and, and now we're out of the top 10 in the NFL draft, and now we're going to, like, I Can think... I, say I don't care about that? The Falcons well, aren't drafting a quarterback anytime soon, so it's just like, what do you care? Like, Falcons, that's not... Hey, you know what? As look at Nick Bo. I now granted, obviously he's a big supreme talent, but don't tell me that it doesn't matter. It matters. Getting a good pick matters, especially when you get a guy like Nick Bosa. He's changed the entire defense, uh, so it does matter. But for the Falcons, you know, who knows if they would have lost out, which isn't like out of the realm of possibilities. Five wins that could have been a top five pick. Isaiah Wynn went twenty third. In 2018, the Falcons got Calvin Ridley at 26 in 2018. Um, Derwin James went 17 to the Chargers in 2018. You know what number I like the Mika most? Mika Fitzpatrick went 11. You know what number McGlinchey I like went most? went 9. Uh, how many wins do the Falcons have this year? Uh, five. Six. Five? No, it's six now, right? No, it's five. Is it six? It, no, I think it's, it's yeah. Because we no. lost to the five-win Falcons. No, that was the fifth win. Am I crazy? How? There's two weeks left in the season. Hold on. They're not six and eight. No. They are now five and nine. Okay, yeah. Right. So we lost. Okay. The, so uh, actually, okay. So you could still lose out and potentially get a good pick. We'll see. Uh, we can yeah, still no, lose out. There's I, still hope. <laughs> I am I, I, I'm not happy. Literally, you know, I, I had a tweet where I was just like, yeah, Richard Sherman's out. Um, yeah, Jaquiski Tart are starting safeties out. But at the end of the day, Kyle Shanahan is playing his old team that everyone blames him for that Super Bowl loss. Like, Kyle's going to score a million points. It doesn't matter. Because to me, that's a logical thing. And not, I guess we'll just get into it. But it's, a, it's an incredibly logical thing to think that Kyle Shanahan, who was clearly viewed as the better coaching talent when him and Dan Quinn worked together. No one gave Dan Quinn credit for shit. He had almost lost his job. He's about to lose his job again. You know, like Kyle Shanahan was considered the reason why they went to the Super Bowl, the reason why Matt Ryan was having an MVP year, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm sitting here like, yeah, we got a couple injuries, but the team has won and you're four wins. We still have, Jimmy Garoppolo, the offense has been on fire. Uh, you know, Kittle just had a monster week. Emmanuel Sanders had a monster week the week before. Every, you know, the offense is clicking. Uh, Desmond Trufant is out. Uh, like, what? You guys have like four defensive starters out. Huh? It's just, but my point is, it's just there's no reason. No one was going to bet on the, 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 the Falcons to win that game. No one. What did I spend all podcasts last week talking about? Why the Falcons? All the signs were pointing to the 10.5-point underdogs having a great shot to go to San Francisco and steal a dub. That's all I was saying last week on the podcast. And you were 100% right, and I was 100% wrong. I wasn't saying but... any of this. That was me joking. I didn't see any of this coming. Uh, I mean, my point is, though, like, yeah, exactly. This is insane. The Falcons... Have are having one of the dumbest seasons of all time. Starting one and set like just it's a dumb season. Everything they're doing is just dumb. Beating the Saints on the road, beating the 49ers on the road, losing to the Buccaneers at home. 
they always play Jameis bad. Like death taxes, the Falcons struggling with Jameis. Like that that's just part of their DNA. They're always bad against Jameis. I don't know why, but um, they're not. I mean, my biggest takeaway was um, Blee Ray Wilson, the Jimmy Garoppolo stopper. I don't know anyone who saw that coming, but uh, shout out to him. Our new Brian well, Poole. I mean, you got a, a lot of a lot of respect goes to him. A lot of respect goes to Grady Jarrett. Uh, he was great, our, both in the run our, in the past. Like he does everything. He's a guy who got paid this year and then was like, "No, I'm going to keep being awesome." Grady Jarrett right. is just a monster, and he 100 percent like. I mean, Mike McGlinchey, the center. Or, excuse me, Weston Richburg, the center, is out for the season. Uh, he had been great all year. Come in, go up against that monster space-eating, just beast of a football player in Grady Jarrett, and he just destroys that line for 60 minutes. I I was wondering from your perspective, because we did touch on, like, the Sherman factor of, like, not having him for a couple weeks, and just he's having the best season of his career, and he's just been just a lockdown corner for you guys, and you had Julio this week, and um, Julio got 20 targets and this is something where you're like Julio's barely crossed the thousand yard threshold this year and he kept that streak alive but it does feel like sometimes where it's just like sometimes we overthink it we're like the Chiefs do the same thing every week and people talk about Andy Reid being an offensive genius and all this stuff and that's true but like Patrick Mahomes all he does every week and this is probably simplifying it to an unfair degree but the point is that like they know there are two matchups that are just basically uncoverable it's Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. They throw to them like set 27 times a game, like every single week. They're getting 27 targets. Julio getting 20 targets a game should be mandatory because he's just so damn hard to cover. Like he was so good on the sidelines. He was so good over the middle. He was so good in clutch moments. Like Julio is uncoverable. Do you know and, how good he is? Yeah. Do you know how good Julio Jones is? I'm ready. Julio Jones is so good because George Kittle is really good. One of the best offensive playmakers in the entire NFL right now. And they did the exact same thing with George Kittle. They force fed the ball Mm -hmm. to George Kittle all day long. 13 receptions, the same amount as Julio Jones. 134 yards, the same amount as Julio Jones. You know what the difference was? Julio Jones had two touchdowns. Yeah. It's I I don't you know I don't know if people actually paid attention because it was so fun to just watch how awful that game was for the 49ers. <laughs> uh and people love seeing the 49ers lose, but 13 receptions, same amount of receptions, same amount of yards. Julio had two tugs. That's what it, that's what it came down to. That pass and I mean like if you want to organize this a little bit better by all means, I just I'm just I'm get I'm letting it out right now, okay? Let it uh, out, Evan. That that Austin Hooper, I thought that was a catch. My heart was already broken once. I had to watch it again. I had to watch a four-win team come in to San Francisco and beat them. The Niners had the number 1 seed locked down. It was bad. Like after everything cuz like last weekend was the perfect weekend for you. Like everything that you needed to have happen for the 49ers to get home field advantage and just everything was trending up for you guys. And then to lose this, now it's just like, ooh, 
there's a strong possibility you're definitely not getting it. And the, the Saints are currently up 10-0 on the Colts as we're recording. They're back in business. Like the, the Saints getting home field advantage um, is a real thing. But it's not like the end of the world because we just watched an NFC West team go into New Orleans last year and advance to the Super Bowl. So it's not impossible or anything, but it, it does make things unnecessarily difficult because you didn't have to lose to the Falcons at home who are a bad football team. And let me just say, read some some takes this morning on the Falcons and Dan Quinn and like people just going well this ensures he keeps his job this ensures he doesn't keep his job whatever like all of these week by week reactions to Dan Quinn's job security are just very stupid it's I, I don't I fundamentally fundamentally disagree with that philosophy it's like with relationships right if you're with somebody and you're just going week by week where it's like oh looking like I'm going to break up with her because we uh, we had three fights this week and it's just not making enough time, but uh, we'll see how next week goes. But I'm, I'm on the outs. It's not looking good. I'm probably going to break up before holiday season. Or you just go, you know, this is either my person or it's not. Like you go, look, I either believe that this can work or I believe that this is a thing, that there's something here or I don't. So it's like if the Falcons fire Dan Quinn, it's because of the entire body of work and the everything it's not a week by week thing they should look at everything of like is this the person that can get us back to the super bowl that's it not because he beat the 49ers in the road he gets to keep his job that week by week overreaction is silly and if that's the way the falcons look at it where it's like hey he did enough late to keep his job you're like well then you don't really believe in him you're just like well he did enough here, but it's like, that's not how you should look at things. It should be a much broader view of what you think of this person and your relationship with this person. And I, I don't know. I hate those takes and I hate how people respond to stuff like this. I understand we have to talk about something after these games, but that kind of stuff doesn't make any sense to me. Well, it's crazy. A, it's a, it's a nightmare duality when it comes to how the coaching trees work and how the coaching pools work in the NFL. There is a significant amount of coordinators in the NFL that never should stop being coordinators. Todd Bowles is a great defensive coordinator. Rex Ryan was a great defensive coordinator. Rob Ryan, great defensive coordinator. You look at Wade Phillips, great defensive coordinator. I mean, look at Dan Quinn, great defensive coordinator. Not many good head coaches there, are there? And the problem is, you know who you're going to hire as a head coach? An offensive or defensive coordinator. So it's not like they have anybody else to choose from. You can't go the John and Harbaugh route and hire the special teams guy. It's just, it doesn't happen. But the problem is, is that the same people that you have to pick from in the pool are some people that just should never have been a head coach in their whole life. Dan Quinn is going to get fired, and he should get fired because the only time that Dan Quinn has had a winning, uh, you know, team and a you know an exciting Super Bowl contentious team, contending team. Excuse me, is when Kyle Shanahan was there. That's it. And now Kyle Shanahan has a healthy quarterback and a healthy team. And look, they're on their way to potentially going to the Super Bowl. So Dan Quinn's going to get fired. He should get fired. But you know what, Dan Quinn should do: be a damn good defensive coordinator. Be a Wade Phillips until he looks like Wade Phillips. And he'll do great. I don't think that's what's going to happen. 
I, I mean, that's what should happen. I think he keeps his job. Arthur about- Blank is very, very loyal. Like, I think things would have to really, like, I think they're actually reacting based on how the season goes. Like, if they run the table down the stretch, I really think Blank will look at that as like, oh, that's enough to get momentum going to the new season. It's like, well, no, you can't excuse the first half. It's just, we have short-term memory. Like, that's just all sports fans and people and just, it's very easy to not look at things from a broad scope. And Well, you have know. the you have the Jaguars next. And then five, or excuse me, then seven days later, you have uh, the Buccaneers, and uh, obviously, you know, uh, the Buccaneers are looking kind of good, but or maybe that's just Jameis's passing yards and the the, the rest. Have, of the, what did he have in the first quarter yesterday? Did he have two hundred? It was an absurd. It was an yeah. absurd amount. He and he had three touchdowns to Baltimore Ravens legend uh, Rashad Perryman. <laughs> just. More, I think he had. I think Perryman had more touchdowns that day uh, than he ever did in Baltimore. Uh, he also has more touchdowns currently than Odell Beckham has all year. That's neither here nor there. It is. It's wild. Can I hit you with a, a great Matt Ryan stat? Oh gosh, please. Yeah, that's exactly what I need right now. The <laughs> Matt Ryan. Um, Yesterday's win, which I don't know if you knew this or not, but that was a fourth quarter comeback for Matthew. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. That was his 29th fourth quarter comeback in his career. Um, Joe Montana had 26 in his career. Troy Aikman, 15. Steve Young, 13. Joe Montana never had to do, barely ever had to come back though. Dude was always winning. Apparently not because he had 26 comebacks. Yeah, I know, I know, but it's Joe. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, no, to be honest with you, like, Matt Ryan has had a a pretty bad shake at things in that he's probably a Hall of Fame quarterback that you know only really had his one chance at the Super Bowl and that obviously will go down as the biggest Super Bowl loss or one of probably what top five super worst Super Bowl I losses. I think it's number two, and Pat's fans will probably disagree with me on this, but I still think eighteen and zero is the worst. I mean, to me, at the end of the day. I think the Fal- the Falcons' loss is probably the worst Super Bowl of our generation. Um, but, you know, we're getting old. So it, it was bad. But, yeah, Matt Ryan has been a good quarterback for a very long time. It, um, he's fine. I'm not worried about Matt Ryan. So it's like one of those things where I was on the fence and just looking at numbers and, like, back and forth. But, man, that dude's a fighter. And I think he's still got several more prime good years ahead of him and he still as long as he has julio and a lot of good weapons around him i think he'll be fine um i don't know i i, I do want to ask you this because because we haven't talked about jimmy g at all on this podcast yet and i don't know if that he's if that's going under the radar a little bit just because of the way that game went but it does seem like he's very hot and cold it, like what what do you see week to week with Jimmy and like what happened yesterday where you're like, Oh, this is something that concerns me in the playoffs to be honest with you. And you might understand this yourself from a personal perspective, but I hate to be that guy, but it's Kyle, man. I I've been watching this 49er season closer. And from, I think a more intelligent eye than I've normally had when it comes to actually knowing what I'm looking at, watching football and kind of, you know, moving past just being a fan and actually, you know, watching the game. And in the beginning of the year, before Emmanuel Sanders was there, I said this on Twitter, 
teams were doubling George Kittle. He just came off a record-breaking year. They knew what they were doing. You couldn't get the ball to George Kittle. So what they were doing is they were forcing the team to run. And Kyle is probably the best running offensive mind in the history of football. So what did they do? They ran, and they ran well. All the way up until when they got Emmanuel Sanders, Carolina, with their pretty decent defense at the time, goes, we are not letting this team run. We're going to make Jimmy Garoppolo beat us. With the addition of Emmanuel Sanders and having George Kittle, amongst a few other decent options, and the soon-to-be emergence of Debo Samuel, Kyle goes, okay, you're going to force us to throw the ball? Go ahead, Jimmy. Jimmy proceeds to have the best five, six-game stretch of his career. Absolutely lights up teams, throws so many touchdowns, just sincerely, you know, one bonehead pick a game. Other than that, carving defenses up. Really one of the best, probably top 10 quarterbacks in the NFL from that Carolina Panthers game on. He's been great. Yesterday, again, Kyle has these moments where he thinks he knows better than everyone else because most of the time he does. And he goes, you know, we're out with our center. Grady Jarrett's coming quickly. They're crashing the line. I got to get the ball out quick. Who do I trust the most? George Kittle. So an offense that has thrived with Emmanuel Sanders looking like one of the best receivers in the game, Debo Samuels looking like probably the best or one of the best rookie receivers, Uh, you know, obviously led the league in, in receptions as a rookie, yada, yada, yada. You have all this talent. And he just goes, nope, 13 receptions to George Kittle, nothing else. He probably didn't see him open up. Maybe he did. I don't know. But Jimmy Garoppolo was put handcuffs back on and forced to feed the ball to George Kittle. And that's what you saw. You never saw any play that was meant for Debo Samuel other than the one that he screwed up and dropped halfway through the game. And Emmanuel Sanders never saw the ball. So – I get why people don't want to think that Jimmy is there yet, and I, I, yeah, I don't blame anybody, but the guy is coming off an ACL surgery and has continued to get better every single game. And then yesterday, Kyle just said, I am going to put handcuffs on what you do, 27 carries rushing, and you're going to throw 22 passes, five less than rushing, and 13 of them are going to be to George Kittle. Good luck, dude. So you're out on Kyle Shanahan. It's time to bring back Jim Tom Sula as head coach. I, I was hoping we could hire Dan Quinn. Mm. <laughs> I mean, he already has the familiarity with Robert Sala. No, to be honest with you, I'm wondering if – I don't think the Robert Sala defensive coordinator becoming a head coach thing is there. I think he has at least one more year. Um especially with kind of how the defense is starting to slow down. The pass rush has been almost non-existent. One, uh, one pat- In the last three games, they've had three sacks total. Uh, in, like, I think it was nine, uh, nine games of the year, they had three sacks or more. Obviously, they're missing D. Ford. So personally speaking, uh, you know, I thought it was funny that a lot of people were like, well, if Robert Sala leaves, then maybe Dan Quinn. But 
What do you think? I don't think Dan Quinn works for Kyle Shanahan. I don't think he can do that. I mean, Mike Smith did it in Tampa with uh, Dirk Cutter. That's yeah, but I don't know. I'm I'm that did happen. Yes. What do you think? You're a Falcons fan. You should. You, I'm sure you've got surprised. an opinion. He's a very humble guy. I don't think Dan Quinn would be. I just don't know how close he and Kyle were during those two years. Right. Like I don't. I don't know. I don't know what the relationship's like. I don't know. It's not like LaFleur and Shanahan and I mean, Sally and him go way back. Like that's the other thing is like those two go back years and years back to Houston and everything else. And just um, like Bobby Turnit. Did you read that story in uh, the athletic this week on your running backs coach? Bobby Turnit. I mean, I've, I've read plenty of stories about him, but no, he's um, I didn't realize how old he was, but like he's just been with the Shanahan's for 20 years and just worked with his dad and worked his way up. And it's just he's like the the running back whisperer. Why like guys like Matt Breda can rush for seven yards to carry in Kyle Shanahan's and just the Shanahan in general scheme over the years, like Ruben Drones and just all these different. Remember this guy names in the story, but uh, it was a great piece in the athletic. Well, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know how much you followed it, but when Kyle got hired as the head coach, every single person was like. It will not be long until Bobby Turner comes with Kyle comes to be the running backs coach of Kyle Shanahan. It's interesting, and uh, yeah, I mean, but hey, you can't really look what he's done over the years. Arian Foster, not bad. It's great. He knows what works, and he's like, yeah, this guy forever. Yeah, absolutely. Oh man, that's um, God. I still can't believe the Forty ers lost that game. Do you think they lose if Sherman plays? because that's something i think a lot about that's just being overlooked it's just how good sherman was and what that looks like if he was playing on julio jones all yesterday at the end of the day julio jones had 134 yards and two touchdowns no one's done that to sherman at all this year so yes i think the 49ers would have won because i mean quite literally dude the play it was one second left on the clock to win the game so I would imagine Richard Sherman would have done enough to stop them from winning with one second left to Julio Jones. Hmm. But also, I, I mean, at the very least, we know that Julio is not getting 20 targets if Sherman plays. Like, oh, that's gosh. Not happening. No, not at all. And that matters. Austin Hubert probably gets a lot of targets, though. And you watched what Jared Cook did uh, on the Saints before he got injured. So I was worried. I was literally most worried about Austin Hooper more than anything that whole game but then again sherman goes out but you'll have to look at a lot of different things sherman went out tart was out you know every let's put it this way every single position the 49ers had out got exposed poorly sherman went out julio went off weston richburg the center went out grady jarrett looked like the best defensive lineman in the nfl it's injuries are a motherfucker garland was good i mean ben garland had a pretty decent showing uh when weston got hurt but he wasn't playing against a grady jarrett yeah matchups matter i think we overlooked that more than anything else we just have to look at injuries and matchups because this is a matchup driven league now and the Falcons knew they had something with Julio in that secondary yesterday. And the 49ers knew they had something with George Kittle. Like they do every week. Um, 
I do think it's interesting, like the back and forth now between him and Kelsey. You know that there's a rivalry between those two, right? Like they have to think about that stuff every week, where it's just like I'm gonna one up him because I don't know who's the best tight end in the league right now. I go back well, and forth. You could sell me on either. Well, I think that's the thing though is, um, they love each other. Like they're friends. They tweet at each other all the time. I think there's a huge mutual respect for each other. I don't think that they're rivals in anything other than a positive um friendly rivalry you know like i don't think it's a vegeta versus goku uh i don't think it's you know you know what i'm saying like not to get all uh, nerdy on you but i think it's really just like a they both appreciate each other and they both want each other to succeed and they're both just going to go out and ball out every week and whatever happens happens yeah i am i'm okay with it but uh, uh, George Kittle's the better tight end, in case uh, anyone was. George Kittle's significantly better. Uh, better funnier. blocking, better Just blocking tight end. It's not even. Did you see the block on that he had? Yeah, and he, he was, was laughing l- maniacally like Walter White at the end of that Breaking Bad episode. He was a psychopath. Yeah. Well, and you, he also has a full scale Joker tattoo on his forearm. So Is he really? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Which Joker? Oh, yeah. Um. The Dark Knight Joker. Mm. Heath Ledger. So, yeah, he went full-on psychopath, destroyed Ricardo Allen, and then laughed. I did not know that. Interesting. I did not know he had a Joker tat. Okay. It's starting to make more sense. We're we're getting more and more information on this guy. He, um, he's also a huge wrestling guy, too. So you have to understand. Love that. I'm all in. Yeah, I know but, I know he appeared on something a couple months ago. Yeah. Yeah, but so he's all about the performance. So is Gronk. Maybe tight ends just love pro wrestling. And we, They're big, giant monsters. Of course they do. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Um, What's not interesting, I, I we have to talk about the Oakland Raiders, who wrapped up their Oakland days, getting booed out of their own building. They were up two with two minutes left against the Jaguars. Back to Minshew there. Like, just, I, there's so many thoughts I have about the Raiders, and they're very confounding on a multitude of levels. And then the Jaguars and their fourth day of all the NFLPA and uh, Dante Fowler just being like, those dudes hated me, and he got his grievances. Like, it's just all kinds of crazy stuff coming out of Jacksonville right now. But um, they got built up, the boot out of their building. I I don't know. Like what what do you think about the way that game ended? Obviously the 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 controversial play of with Derek Carr scrambling. It was a great play call. Um I thought it, like everyone bit the Jags bit. It was a perfect play call. Like Derek Carr in an RPO is weirdly intriguing and it was he's Oh, you, you ready for this uh cliche? He's sneaky athletic uh, when he gets out in the open field. White quarterback, sneaky athletic. Um it was good. Um, they should have won that game. There was no reason for them not to win that game. But at the same time, they lost. And it's the same kind of stuff with Derek Carr every game now, um, especially over the last five. Derek Carr is 50 of 91 for 434 yards, one touchdown, which was actually the garbage time touchdown against Kansas City where they got blown out on prime time a couple weeks ago. Um, two interceptions in the second half. Those are his last five games. Like He's just a bad second half quarterback where it's just like, what is happening here? He's like a perfect play from ahead, but not a play from behind guy. He's not a Matt Ryan or Matt Stafford. He's just, he's not that wired that way. Um, he's averaging 87 yards total in the second half of 
these games in the last five weeks. Like, I just, I don't know how much of it is Greg Olson and John Gruden's play calling or how much of it is Derek Carr just being bad. Like, I, I can't escape that mental image of him throwing it away on fourth down and just doing dumb stuff like that where you're like, I I don't know. It's it's very confounding. I don't get the Raiders. I I truly believe, I really do. I believe Derek Carr is fool's gold. I do. I mean, he had such a good year that year where they, they were kind of like on a Super Bowl path, broke his leg, obviously. But he just... He just can't seem to figure it out. He's one of those guys, uh, you know, I think he's like an even – I'll put him on the same same level as Andy Dalton uh, in terms of you just – I'm never going to bet on them to ever get over that hump. But even still, they had like a really good beginning to the season and then just it all fell apart. I don't know what to think necessarily of, of, of Carr, but – I just he, he, are we at a point yet where Derek Carr? What's his contract situation like? Uh, he's getting paid. I feel like his. You know, it's weird. It's like we all overreacted at the time, but like I feel like so many quarterbacks have gotten paid since he signed that mega contract a couple years ago, right? Like, well, no, I'm not just talking about time, not necessarily money. So right now he is an un, he's an unrestricted free agent in 2023. So they have three years left on his deal, and. He is getting paid about 19 mil, give or take, a year every year, with a 20 to 20, about a 21 to 22 million dollar cap hit each year. So I don't think he's going anywhere. I think they just have to draft a quarterback with all their picks. It will be interesting because we like we were we forget, but they were really enamored by Kyler Murray last year. They really were. And deservedly so. Kyler Murray, as a guy who has to watch him play the 49ers twice a year, Kyler Murray's damn good. He's he's great. And um, the Cardinals, big statement win. That was like a big, like, they needed that win this weekend. And the Browns definitely did not. Uh, Freddie Kitchens, just that, 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 like the, the game that was just like, yeah, that's, that's it for him. This is, this is over. Like Patrick Peterson also locking down OBJ. That dude has had a, because he missed the first several games of the season. People aren't really talking about him and he's on a bad team. Patrick Peterson, still an elite corner. Oh, Very yeah. Good. 100%. Patrick Peterson is that dude. Um, it is too bad that he's had such a poor run. Another team with Carson Palmer that really had a good shot. Um, but, yeah, man, the, the Cardinals are a really interesting team because they've got a really bright future ahead of them in a – monster division so it's gonna be an absolute massacre the next two to three years in that in that nfc west back to the raiders for just a second like i wonder now just thinking about how their season's gone they're what six and eight i think we all kind of looked at them before the season of like if they go five and eleven or six and ten that's better than we expected right like they've lost some big guys to injury they lost jonathan abram early on in the season he looked like a great first round pick cleveland farrell's been fine but like they still have a lot of uh weaknesses on the defensive side of the ball but their offensive line has been 
huge for them this year. Like they've been great. Like they've had a great offensive line. And shout out, shout out to 49ers legend Trent Brown. There you go. And Josh Jacobs looks like a great running back for them for the foreseeable future. They don't have a lot of options for Derek Carr out wide. They've also developed a really great tight end, Darren Waller. Like that came out of nowhere. Like that's a huge win for them. Um, huge win. That's great. It's really hard to do stuff like that and create these guys out of thin air. And he's been a reliable target and he's going to be good for them for a long time. They they restructured his contract in the middle of the season to keep him there for the foreseeable future. But um, they're just weak on playmakers. Like they need a Jerry Judy. They need more playmakers. And I think Tyrell Williams is a nice start, but they just they need more. And then I was like, well, it's so easy because it feels like Antonio Brown was years ago now. But like, what does this team look like if everything had gone the way it has this season? But they also had that short intermediate guy that Derek Carr wants to check down to all the time anyway. Like Antonio Brown really was a perfect fit for the way Derek Carr plays football and what John Gruden wants. Just that short stuff that Antonio Brown just thrives in. And I wonder, do they make the playoffs and Antonio Brown just doesn't lose his mind? Uh, I think they might make the playoffs with Antonio Brown, but that's so far gone. Antonio Brown is never playing in the NFL again. No, but it's just like he really screwed up there where it's like I understand the Pats would have been awesome too for him and he was good there, but it's the same thing. Like he would have been really good there and I it just it's an interesting what if. Well, here let me make it easy for you. Right now looking at a big board, right? Okay, so the Oakland Raiders on the number 13 and the number 18 pick. I think depending on who you get at number 13 next year, it can be very, very interesting. But Joe Burrow going at one, Tua probably goes top, what, five? Yeah, I think so. I'm really curious where Justin Herbert goes. Because what if Justin Herbert goes at 13? No way. That's way too low. He was predicted to go number one in the draft before last year. I yeah, I get that, but there I don't know. I mean, thirteen is not talk themselves into quarterbacks. They so always here, do. here here's what you have to understand. There are teams that are in the top ten that absolutely will take J- Chase Young. Absolutely will take the offensive tackle from your world, Andrew Thomas. Right? That that's gonna happen. My world. You really just all kind. No, of I'm just saying it's your. It's, no, it's just your side of the world. I'm on the West Coast. <laughs> you're on the East Coast. It's Georgia. You Hollywood elites. Uh, I just moved here from Portland. I'm basically a hipster. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, you know what I'm saying. Like those, there's guys that are going to go in that top top ten pick. So I I do think to our point to get back to what we're talking about. I think the Raiders really really have a great opportunity here to get a receiver and get a quarterback in the top top 18 picks if they want to or they can try free agency again since they're not going to be paying any money at all any money no money went to antonio brown so they've got a contract on deck and they've got two good picks so i don't think they're that far out but i can't i cannot see Derek carr being the starting quarterback next year i think he will i think it's still Derek carr but I do think they get more aggressive on surrounding him with more playmakers. I think we see other guys, but um, I don't know. We'll we'll have to see. But I got to say, let's just finish with this because that was the first thing that you talked about. The Raiders 
in their baseball ass stadium <laughs> of their last game ever. The last game ever. Now remember, what was the last game for the 49ers at Candlestick Park? Do you I mind? Remember. I don't remember. Oh, I do. I I remember. Maybe you remember a little tip of the ball, Navarro Bowman. Oh yeah, yes. catching yes. the pick at the yes. stick to beat the Atlanta Falcons. Yes, okay. thank you so much. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's I'll okay. give you that just because of how this weekend went for you. Oh yeah, it was terrible. But no, my point is, is yeah, to have the Raiders and their fans their last game of the season against a team they absolutely could have or should have been able to compete with, just get depressingly beat and fans were rushing the field and getting arrested and throwing food and beer on the, it was such an ugly totally perfect raiders way to go out just god that was beautiful and sad yeah it um it's not great just but at the same time expectations i'm all about looking at the grand scheme of things and perspective and i think if they finish 7 and 9 this year I think that's still a step in the right direction. They're moving forward and they have a lot of intriguing pieces. And um, I don't know. I think the Raiders are still moving in a positive direction. Oh, no, absolutely agree. I agree. They have a great outlook moving forward. I was only speaking to the closeout ending of the story that is the Coliseum in Oakland. And Mark Davis just being asked if he's going to be nostalgic for anything before the game. He's like, no, not really. Um, Shout out to... The guy no. who loves uh, P.F. Chang's and his sweet teas. No amount of money. Sh- sh- no one with that much money should have a haircut that looks like that. <laughs> Shout out to him. Mark Davis. Okay. Um, Sean Watson. Why do we bet against this guy? Uh, you know, Deshaun Watson is a very, very, very weird, weird situation for me just because he has been so very – like. His goods, his greats have been as good at certain points as any quarterback in the NFL. He's had bet, he's had just as good, you know, top tier games that Lamar Jackson has, that uh, Patrick Mahomes has, that Russell Wilson has. He has these unbelievable, incredible, just amazing wins, and then, you know. It doesn't always happen in that same light. You know, uh, the Panthers beat them uh, 16 to 10. It's just kind of, I don't know, it's weird. Um, so I would ask you, what? who are the real Houston Texans moving forward? I think they're a severely flawed team that if they were run by a smart General manager, maybe Nick Casario coming in there this offseason after getting over the tampering stuff where his best friend's already there and they just have to wait it out. Um, and not the guy they got from uh, the Bills. No, what was his name? I already forgot. Not Chris Greer. What was his name? The GM who didn't even last. He They like let him draft and then he drafted poorly and then got fired. I forget. Brian Blaine. I don't know. Brian Bean? Blaine? What is it? Was it like Bean or something That's like the that? The of the Bills, Brandon Bean. But like, what was his name? Like? Brian Gain. There it is, Brian Gain. Yeah. Um, they have so much talent, and what D. Hopkins does in late in games, especially, and just having that weapon to just throw it up and just like having him with Deshaun Watson is not fair sometimes. Um, 
they've gotten a lot out of Carlos Hyde, which is really weird. Um, he's 49ers legend. Rusher, which just, okay, sure. No one had that in 2019, I don't think. I did. Um, did you? Carlos Hyde? You were like, I'm all in. in so, no, so, no, no, no. So, I, I will say this, and I am very well documented. If you just search Evan Swords, Carlos Hyde, <laughs> oh boy, there's tweets. Uh, no, I've always been a huge fan of Carlos Hyde, and I always knew that in a good situation, he absolutely could thrive. And when I saw him go to the Chiefs, I was excited because they were a good team, but I was worried because that's not the type of running back that they like, right? They like their small, fast, shifty running backs that they can pass to. Obviously, Carlos Hyde showed uh, with Chip Kelly that he can catch the ball and he can, you know, he can he can be a pass catching running back, but. It was just not a good fit. So when he ended up getting traded to the Texans, I was so excited. They needed a running back. He needed a good opportunity. And it is what it is. He's a thousand-yard rusher. He can be a good running back on a good team. In a good situation, he can be a productive running back. And a lot of running backs you can't say that about. That's true. I'm like, I think Carlos Hyde's fine. He's he's fine. Um, but what's interesting about the Texans is they're the only team in the AFC, um, and there's one other team uh, that else in the NFC that holds this distinction. I'm gonna let you guess, but they have a 3,500 yard passer, Deshaun Watson, thousand yard rusher, Hyde, and a thousand yard receiver in Hopkins this season. Who is the other team that has this distinction? Thousand yard rush, thousand yard rusher, thousand yard receiver. 3,500 passing yards in the NFC. Mm-hmm. Only one team. I mean, it can't be the Saints because Breeze got hurt. It's not the Saints. Why am I blanking? Give me a hint. They would be in the playoffs if the playoffs started today. Oh, my God. I'm not good at on-the-spot things. You Who is play? it? Yeah. Oh my God! Amari Cooper has a thousand yards. Yes, Cooper. You you wouldn't you wouldn't know. No. But they got most of that in the middle of the season and haven't done shit lately. Well, they they dropped forty-four. Yeah. The Rams on Sunday. Yeah. The Rams. I mean, the the Cowboys' offense has been their saving grace. Like their offense has still been really good as a whole. I think they're number two in offensive DVOA this season. No, they've been great. They have. They really have. They they came on early. I remember the first couple games, people were kind of complaining about Kellen Moore's uh, play calling. And then, yeah, no, he came out and he really did it. Uh, he got better. But I was a bitter, bitter fantasy football guy just there when I realized that uh, Amari Cooper had absolutely nothing yesterday in the playoffs. I love that I don't play fantasy football. and I don't You shouldn't. Miss- it's bad for you. You don't need to. It is bad for people or sports fans. I would say you- it's good for casual fans to get them in into the product i think it's bad for football fans yeah do you know uh who the cowboys uh leading receiver was yesterday not terrence williams um terrence williams isn't even on that team that's why i said not terrence williams but i feel like he was a cowboy for 17 years um michael gallup michael gallup had one catch for six yards Amari Cooper had one catch for 19 yards. Uh, Tavon Austin. Oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> with one catch. The revenge game. The Tavon Austin revenge game. 
and he had his revenge. Yeah, one Our catch, first round pick, yards. Uh, by the St. Louis Rams. Can I say it is the most Tavon Austin thing ever to literally only get one reception but have it be for a 59-yard touchdown in a game that really didn't matter too much? Wait, was that really his only reception? Yep. He averaged 59 yards a catch. Hell yeah. That is some and then it, in type shit. So, yeah, but so that's my point. So the Cowboys have been doing it, but they've been doing it in very unique ways. It's behind that, second, second leading receiver was Ezekiel Elliott, then Blake Jarwin, the tight end. Then Jason Cooper, or, or excuse me, J- not the amalgamation of Amari and Jason. No, <laughs> the ghost of Jason Witten, the, the dead husk of Jason Witten beat out Amari Cooper. Hmm. But yet they won and dropped 44 on the Rams. Can I get you to talk about the 49ers real quick? My side of the world. Okay. The Rams have eight wins. The Rams did just get blown out by the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. The Seattle Seahawks just got blown out by the Rams. Mm-hmm. Should the 49ers be worried about playing the Rams, who they beat handedly with my dumbass in the stands screaming? Oh, you were at the game yesterday? No, no, no. I was the 49ers Rams game. Oh, 49ers. Okay. Yeah, the home game in LA for the Rams. Mm. Uh, the, the Niners destroyed the Rams. The Rams dest- beat the Seahawks, and then you know by, by transitive property, the Cowboys beat the Rams. So my point is, we're beating the teams handedly that Seattle's like losing to. Should I have to be worried about the Rams this next week? No, because Kyle Shanahan, this team's too good to lose back-to-back home games. I, I hope so. There, There's real problems here if they lose back-to-back home games. I would agree. To non-playoff teams. That's a problem. Then it's like, okay, you weren't real Super Bowl contenders. Because you know who's not doing that? The the Saints. The Patriots. The Ravens. The, the Chiefs. 100%. So a- I would not be worried because I think they're better than that. Because I think there are really... We, we talk about this every week now, and I think this is important to discuss because, like, the Chiefs beat the shit out of the Broncos this week. Drew Locke opened up the <laughs> opening up the clip and uh, not completing a lot of passes, but that dude still got him for it. So shout out to him. He was, like, 19 of 50 in the snow yesterday. But Patrick Mahomes was, like, 27 of 34. And this is another example of, like, where people use weather conditions for, like, bad offenses. We're like, what were they supposed to do? The conditions were shit. It's like, well... Patrick Mahomes is out here sling like if you have a good offense and a smart offense and a great quarterback, you can do shit in any type of weather. Like that's ridiculous. The idea that that actually impedes real progress. Um, Aaron Rodgers was also doing it for the past decade and a half and far before him and everything else. Like it's just it's dumb. Um, but I think if you are a believer that the 49ers are a real Super Bowl contender, then you should have no worries about a limping. Los Angeles team coming into Santa Clara and beating a 49ers team that just lost in excruciating fashion at home to a bad Falcons team. Well, we'll get there as the, as the weeks go on, but I have a, I wholeheartedly I believe. I believe that they're going to destroy the Rams by at least a touchdown. I won't say destroy. I'm then getting aggressive. But I think they're going to pretty handedly beat the Rams. And then I think that they're going to go in if Richard Sherman's healthy, if D Ford's healthy, I think they're going to go in and destroy the Seahawks. Yeah, 
I think that's I, I we're on the same page in the Seahawks. I'm not a not a big Seahawks guy. Yep. Well, you know, it's uh neither here nor there. Those those weeks will come soon. Can I uh give you a fun Titan stat now that the the streak is over, the four game <laughs> win streak is over after losing on Sunday? Yeah. So the team scored 48 first half points during that four game win streak and uh 21 of those 48 came against the Raiders. Um so that averages 12 points per half um for four games. Not great. Um they scored 102 second half points in those four games. 25 points per game. They like they've been a perpetual slow starter but the Texans are like the worst matchup for them in that regard where it's just like Eh, I, I would not want to fall behind with Deshaun Watson. I would not want to fall behind with the way the Texans play. Um, obviously, it was a home game, and they should have won that game. I didn't come out of that Texans-Titans game of, like, the Texans are better. I, I just, the Titans did a lot of dumb stuff, and they got really unlucky in that pick where it bounced off the dude, and he returned it. Like, Tannehill was still really good, I thought. And I thought the Titans he was still... A.J. Brown is a monster. Like, there was a really, really good throw downfield on the right-hand side early in that second quarter, I think. Um, it was just a very interesting matchup, but I think the Titans should be a playoff team. I hope they get the sixth spot, not the the Steelers, because you know it was not a good idea flexing the Bills and Steelers into prime time when you knew it was going to be Josh Allen versus Duck Hodges. That was so bad. That was so bad. And and I, to your point about the Titans, though, we'll finish with this. AJ Brown has been potentially the best receiver since. Ryan Tannehill has come in in replace of Marcus Mariota. He's been an absolute monster, and he was yesterday. But, yeah, I'm so tired of watching the Steelers at all. People are, like, excited that Duck Hodges is winning and yada, 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 but I don't want to see their third-string quarterback. No. What about you? Is is, uh, Mike Tomlin still coach of the year? Hmm. If he makes the playoffs, yes. If he makes the playoffs, what are his chances of making the playoffs? Still pretty strong. Who do they have left? Who do the Steelers have left? In their the Steelers. So the Steelers after yesterday gave the Browns now have a 0.8% chance of making the playoffs. Who does? The Browns. Oh, God. Oh, no, they have a 0. 0.0. No, I mean, it's literally 0.8. But, like, they literally have players. Uh, at telling the Cardinals after the game comes to me. We should, fin- we should, we, I think we should, we should end there because that's probably the biggest story. Um, but yeah, honestly, the Bills beating, the Bills beating the Steelers is, is basically the football gods saying this is what we all deserve. Like the Steelers didn't deserve to win that game. The Bills have looked, you know, pretty decent. I don't know what I think about Josh Allen their still. Secondary's for real. Their secondary's for real. I mean, I don't know – how do I say this? Um, Quinnen Williams went number three overall, right? I think Quinn, that's right. No, he did. I mean, I mean he did. Quinnen Williams was considered by many people to be better, better than Nick Bosa. Better. A lot of people have said that. Really? A lot of people. Yeah, yeah. Nick Bosa. I think they just thought both were definitely going to be awesome. No, pre. This is pre-draft, but yeah, no, a hundred percent. A lot of people said that it's at very many 
almost that it's the exact same and when in terms of talent. Like, they're both just as good as the other. But now, you know, what are we at, week 15? Yes. Well, we're going into week 16. The Bills drafted Ed Oliver at, what, like pick eight or nine or something like that? He's been the best defensive tackle rookie all year. He's been significantly better than Quinn and Williams, who was considered to be, by some, the best player in the draft. And I think Ed the Oliver Bil- only fell seven spots because he was, before that season started, number one on a lot of people's draft boards. And then he, like, pushed Major Applewhite or whatever with the jacket stuff, and he got some weird character stuff that he had to deal with. And then, because he, did he get suspended? At some point last year, I think he did. And like that was the reason that he like dropped a couple spots, but it was like I don't understand why you still would like it was just dumb reasons for him to fall to where he did. He still had number one overall talent. Yeah, I mean I th- I just think that's that they've he's been a big part of why that defense has played so well. Um I am the biggest proponent that Rush is more important than coverage. And I think this is like, that argument was pretty big. I don't know if you were a part of that or saw that. Um, But over this offseason, there was a huge argument about what is more important, pass rush or coverage. And I think statistics, the analytics guys, came down to the idea that coverage is more important than pass rush. That argument's dead. Nick Bosa, Ed Oliver killed that argument. They came into teams with awful secondaries, I mean, the 49ers had an awful secondary last year, the worst in the NFL, basically. And coming with the pass rush, and they have the, the what, number three, number four overall defense in the NFL. Yeah. Just, just beasts. But they're going to get uh, boat raced by the Texans in the first round of the playoffs in that Saturday afternoon matinee. Like they did a couple years ago, just a better offense. Um, it's not going to end well. Like they're they're still going to get they're going to get dropped by a good offensive. Like they have to either play the Chiefs or the Texans. They're losing to either of those teams by a lot of points. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be. I, but the shout out Bills fans, they got a ten win season. Like yeah, that, no. Second great, time great for them, yeah. Second time in the playoffs, recent memory. It's going to be a very interesting, interesting playoffs. There's so many good matchups and there's so many good storylines. I don't think the Bills are one of them. When it turns like, I, I don't know if I want to watch a Bills playoff game. Uh, I do I, want to see Frank Gore get as much playoff football for him as possible. So I do want the Bills to win. I just don't know that Josh Allen is going to win you playoff football games. Uh, I don't think he is. Uh, spoiler alert, but I, I do not think that's what's going to happen. Um, last thing before we get into some of your new stuff, your new segments, um, we have to talk about the Packers briefly. I think it's a very interesting team. Chicago this decade. Shout out to them for owning Chicago and for some reason losing to the Lions way too much in the last couple of years. Um, they have the be- second best turnover differential in football at plus fourteen. They were plus three yesterday. Um, shout out to Mitch Trubisky for that. Um, they targeted Devonte Adams a shit ton. This was like the day of like just targeting your best player over and over again, and then it paying dividends. Like there, Devonte Adams had a really good touchdown grab early in that game. But I, I don't know. I, it's interesting because Rodgers. Another interesting thing is like with so many of these teams being slow starters, Rodgers has been really good in the first quarter, where like he leads the NFL in passing yards in the first quarter, nine hundred eighty-eight yards. 
eight TDs and a passer rating of 136.1 in the first quarter. Like they start off well, they're a smart team. They play sound defense. Kenny Clark was just murdering, uh, excuse me, the, the Bears offensive line early in that game. Um, I still like their secondary a lot. Their offensive lines playing outstanding. Beluga and Bakhtiari at the left and right tackle spot deserve a lot more credit for what they're doing with Aaron Rodgers this year. And Matt LaFleur has built a really good offensive line there. Aaron Jones being able to catch passes as good as he does and just do stuff out of the backfield. Um, He's been their unsung hero. I think he's getting a little bit too much credit, but he's still solid for them and he's been a great find. But I'm just intrigued because they have a great offensive line. They They get a lot of turnovers. They have a number one receiver. They have people they can target. They have Aaron Rodgers, and yet we don't really talk about him. I was like, we're all that scared of him, and a lot of it's just because Aaron Rodgers just doesn't feel like the Aaron Rodgers of old. It's very strange. I just, I, the Packers are just very fascinating to me right now. Well, okay, so we saw what the 49ers did to the to the Packers this year, and I think that's a significant point to what it does to how everyone feels about the Packers. They have 11 wins. They're playing one of the best seasons they've ever had. I think this is the first uh, 10-win season in like how many years with Aaron Rodgers as a quarterback? It's been a, I can look, yeah. It's a been a, I mean, I remember reading specifically about how Matt LaFleur is the first person to get him 10 wins in like a long time, uh, especially considering Matt Mike McCarthy's career. So the Packers are good. But I don't think that Aaron Jones is a real running back. I don't think he is. What do you mean by that? I mean, he averaged 3.9 yards a carry. He had 20, He had a one rush for 21 yards. That would have put him at 12 carries for 20 yards. Yeah. And, you know, you talk about his passing. Guess how many receptions he had last year or yesterday? Zero. He got you done yesterday, but for the huh? season, Aaron Jones has been good. Aaron Jones no, no. has been very good for them this year. Right. I mean, no, no, no. He's been good, but like I, to me, I'm, I'm a very, I think Aaron Rodgers is always going to be that good. He really is that good, but I've, there's just, the Packers have always been able to win a lot of play, a lot of games without winning the, the big games, without winning the playoff games, without winning the Super Bowl. Aaron Rodgers is entirely too good of a quarterback to have been as to have done as poorly as they have. You look at a team like Seattle who Russell Wilson wills that team to win no matter what. I mean, I've never seen anything like it. And you have Aaron Rodgers where, yeah, they'll win regular season games, but that's it. So I I get it. I don't know what it is, though, because Aaron Jones has done well this year, but I don't think he's been, you know, that top tier back. Devontae Adams is one of the better receivers in the NFL, but none of those things really like, like you say, none of those things scare me in the playoffs. So, you know, he's got a good back. He's got a good receiver. He's amazing, but I'm not worried about playing him in the playoffs. And I don't think other teams are either. I don't think Shanahan and the saints are worried about him. What do you think? I mean, but it, once again, it's not their offense that you're worried about. Mike LaFleur has been very good. Mike LaFleur, Kyle Shanahan, those guys are going to get their assistant coaches, head coaching jobs for a long time. Um, What do you think about the defense? I mean, it's good. Kenny Clark is a 
a wrecking ball. And the Smith brothers have been great off the edge. They get pressure. They get turnovers. And I like Jair Alexander a lot. I, I just, I like everything about this team. Adrian Amos, like they're just, they're stacked. Yeah, and that's the thing. Zadarius has literally been one of the best pass rushers in the NFL. So it's yeah. a weird concept. I think if you take the 49ers game out of the equation, I don't know that you're not talking – you might be talking about the Packers in the same light you talk about the Saints, but the 49ers expose the Packers. How are we more afraid of Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers in 2019? I mean – Look at what the Saints. Yeah, but it's it's different though. I mean, I'll take Mike Thomas over Devontae Adams any day of the week, a hundred percent. I'm going to take Jared Cook over who is you know who Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham had one reception yesterday for zero yards. (laughs) Mercedes Lewis had six more yards. So you know I'm going to take Jared Cook. I'm going to take Alvin Kamara even though he has. I don't even know if they're even using him lately. Um, but obviously Latavius Murray isn't playing well too. So the Saints went in and played the 49ers and they it went down to the last second. The Packers got straight up exposed. But then again, like you said, it's all about matchups. Yeah. I just I think I'm I think we're gonna learn a lot more about this team Monday. I'm very excited for Vikings Packers, especially with it being a road game for the Packers. I'm very excited to see what this looks like for them. What it's do you gonna think? Be a big test. What do you so so once once again? Let's talk about the Vikings real quick. But what do you what do you think about the Vikings as a whole? It's weird that I think their offense is better than the Packers, but I trust the Packers defense more than I trust the Vikings defense. And I also trust the Packers offensive line more than I trust the Vikings offensive line. So I, it's weird. Like when Kirk Cousins is on and we saw like the dropping 39 and like a healthy Dalvin cook is better than Aaron Jones. And when Thielen gets his hamstring, right, I think I'll be a lot more intrigued by this Vikings team, but I don't know. I think they have, this is going to sound weird. I would bet on the Packers, but I think, between the two teams in 2019, who has the higher ceiling? If they're hot at the right time, I think it's the Vikings. It's a very interesting thought. I mean, yesterday, Adam Thielen comes back for the first time in weeks. His hamstring, I think that might have been the longest hamstring injury in the history of hamstring injuries. He was out for a very long time. He had three receptions for 27 yards. Kyle Rudolph, three for 48. Stefan Diggs did well, the leading receiver, four for 76. But at the end of the day, this is what's kind of interesting about the team. There's just a really balanced attack right now. They scored 39 points yesterday, but they also had, what, how many turnovers? That's a good question. I'm not even sure. They had, I think, they had so many turnovers. One, two, three, three interceptions. So I think there was a couple fumbles too. But I mean, the, you know who my, didn't look good yesterday. Philip Rivers. But continue. No, Philip Rivers needs to retire. I told you that he needs to retire. He needs to stop wasting everyone's time. Let the ghosts of San Diego be exercised from the Chargers and let them move on. 
But no, I, my point about the Vikings is, is they're just a well-balanced attack. Like Dalvin Cook went out, got injured his shoulder. He'll probably be back next week. But, you know, Mike Boone, 13 carries, 56 yards, two touchdowns, still productive. Amir Abdullah, five for 25. You know, like, and they had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight rushes. They're doing a lot of interesting stuff. You know, these uh, sweeps and jet sweeps and, uh, you know, pitches and design runs with receivers, like, they're just doing some crazy shit in a very balanced manner, and it's it's working. Yeah, I I'm very excited to see. Also, the Danielle Hunter versus uh, Brian Beluga or um, David Bakhtiari matchup is going to be very very fascinating. It's going to be. I think it's. I love end of the year divisional football games. Yeah, and there's a lot right on this game. Yeah, I love it. The the. The Vikings and the Packers, the 49ers, the Seahawks. You know, who did the Texans pay, play, play at the end of the year? Um, I'm not sure who the Texans played last. But I mean, they basically got the division locked up. Right. So, my point is these are some exciting football games coming up. Saturday football, which I'm very excited about. Saturday football, I love Saturday NFL stuff. Be, breaking it up a little bit, and those games are always cool. And it, it just reminds me that Christmas is a couple days away. Um, before we get into those, though, Soured Stars. So what I think that I wanted to talk about, especially this week, week 15, we're going to call it Sword Stars, right? The Stars of the Week. The thing, you know, the thing that what popped out to you the most. And this was a week of redemption. This is a week of players that were not considered to be good football players coming back and really taking that shine. They came out and they they were incredible. Jameis Winston, 458 yards, four touchdowns, a win against the Detroit Lions. He led the league this week in passing yards. Of course, 458 yards. Do you know who the, the leading rusher was yesterday? I'm ready. Kenyon Drake, Arizona versus the Cleveland Browns. Your leading passer was Jameis Winston, and your leading rusher was Kenyon Drake. You know who's right below him? With one yard less, Kenyon Drake had 137 yards. Joe Mixon. 136 yards had an awful beginning to the season. The the tight ends, the 100 100 yard receivers, that's going to be pretty straightforward, right? 142 yards to Travis Kelsey, 134 to Kittle. Those guys are going to be battling it out like we talked about for a long time. Uh the number one receiver, no idea. Now some guy from the Falcons never heard of him, I'm not going to talk about him. But at the end of the day, I think the stars of the week, the thing that is most interesting to me is you've got some players redeeming the, the end of their seasons. Kenyon Drake looks like a whole new man now that he's gone from Adam Gase. Jameis Winston, he'll throw those interceptions. He only threw one yesterday, but he's he's killing it right now. So that's what I saw. I like it. I like it. Um, Bleedy Ray Wilson, still the star of the week for me. Fuck him. 
Excuse, excuse my language. The, the one thing I want to talk about, and I'll, I'll, I'll end with this part. I think we really need to discuss how bad of a coach Adam Gase is. I think he needs to – we need a restraining order from him on any football team within 50 yards of the stadium. Kenyon Drake, Ryan Tannehill, these guys are thriving. Devontae Parker, just a new four-year four year extension, thriving. Who's having the worst season of his year? Le'Veon Bell, not thriving. Adam Gase is a bad coach. I saw somebody on Twitter um, point out that he's basically the new Jeff Fisher, and I can't shake that. <laughs> it's true. Everybody he touches goes just burns. But it's never like the worst. Like they're never gonna go one fifteen. Like he's gonna win just enough to get to like seven and nine and six and ten. And I just couldn't shake it. Where I was like, he's not atrocious. It's just, yeah, uh, no, I, Jeff Fishery. It's very Jeff Fishery. I and I can't shake it. It's a great comp. I uh, shout out to Adam Lefko on his podcast. He specifically said they might fire Adam Gase not for what he's done this year, but for what he did and how those players are all playing this year. That is, um, the Jets are interesting because I think they have a lot of ton of pieces and i think i would keep greg williams on whoever they hired to replace adam gase if that's the route they go i would just keep him on because that defense is legit jamal adams is still awesome they have a lot of talented pieces i think that defense is solid and they're just a competent offensive coordinator away from being right back in that uh, nine win ten win range in the afc east i think they're closer than people think um because they could have easily had the season the bills have had this year if things had gone uh, their way a little bit more. Um, now, your other new segment. I'm clearing the runway for you right now. Though we need to talk about this. The positive version and also the negative version. What? What? How would you like to brand this? Because I just have like, we need to talk because of your serious tone of things that well, you just have to get off your chest. And that was what, that was, so that was what was on my mind. That, that was the thing that like was it just was insane to me. You're sitting here looking at this. Adam Gase has ruined every single person he's ever come in contact with. Ryan Tannehill's, I think since he came in the league, is we talked about this last week, scoring more per minute than any quarterback. Devontae Parker just ripping it up. Devontae Parker right now, literally right now, Devontae Parker has 954 yards, 16.2 yards per reception, eight touchdowns. He has more yards this season, probably by the end of the season. He has 20 20 yards less right now, but he will end up with more yards than his last two seasons combined. About to get 1,000 receiving yards for the first time. These guys are thriving. It's insane. You got, you have to look at look at Kenyon Drake and what he has done since he got away from Miami, and now just on a I mean, on a decent team. I, it, to me, that's insanity. I'm very happy for Devonte Parker. Devonte Parker, ever since he left Louisville, has had nothing but problems. He has had really, really bad injury injury luck. 
He's been on a awful Miami Dolphins team. And he finally, finally gets a little, just a little bit of runway of happiness. Adam Gase is gone. Can't hurt him anymore. Four-year contract. 20 mil a year, something like that. Guy's getting paid. Yeah, I can't go back down the Devontae Parker thing. It. I love all these teams who have their own version, like Eric Thompson, friend of the pod of Danny Norseman, him and Laquan Treadwell, and then Treadwell finding his way back to Minnesota, and just these receivers that went in the first round. Like, Corey Davis is going to do this in Tennessee. Like, all these guys that just all this promise go in the first round that you're like, oh, this could be a thing, and then they just never become a thing, and then Devontae Parker just figuring it out right at the end of his contract and everything else, and you're like, oh, of course, this makes sense. Sure, he's he's the uh, one that got he's the one that got it. He's the one that made it out of the out of the neighborhood. You, Josh yeah. Josh Doc Josh Doxon, nope. Lacron uh, Treadwell, I will never quit. Josh Doxon, Kevin White, Kevin White, West Virginia, nope. It's. It's hard. NFL draft stuff is pseudoscience. We have no idea. Absolutely. Like, no I just clue. feel like it's so freaking random. I, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's hard. Bill check has never drafted well at receiver. Nikhil Harry doesn't look like a winner so far. He had a good, he had a good, a really good touchdown reception yesterday, but you're not wrong. I mean, Kyle Shanahan takes every that single was his only un- catch, right? <laughs> I think so. Yeah. But Kyle Shanahan turns undrafted free agent running backs into hall of famers. Literally. Arian Foster will be a Hall of Famer. I think he will too. Underrated career. I don't know if that's a. I don't know if that's a, a hot take though. I think that's pretty well received. Do you think he wants to be? Like I could see Arian Foster just the kind of person he's like. I would not go. I, I can see him just being. I'm not going to the Hall of Fame. I think if he did the speech, he would probably just talk about some ridiculous, like you know, like social justice type. Not ridiculous in that the the context is ridiculous, but I think. He would have a very off-script speech. It would not just be a thank you for letting me into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, it would be different. So let's get him. Let's get him in there. Um, all right, last thing. Um, we got to get into games. Week sixteen, Saturday games are here, as we talked about. I love Saturday NFL games. I'm very excited about it. Um, I was thinking of something because, like, I am not a gambler. Evan, not a gambler. I don't. I, I could go into my diatribe about how I feel about gambling, how I feel about it in this country, how I feel about it getting more and more popular in sports. I have a lot of thoughts on it, mostly negative and concerned and just uh, just uh, just moral issues and things like that. I I could go into it, maybe another podcast I will, but I'm not a big gambling person. So people who are just like obsessed with like plus six minus, I, I don't find interest in any of that. I don't, I don't watch sports for whether or not this team X covers. So like when the Eagles return that fumble and cover barely on the last play of the game or whatever the other day, I'm not like, Oh, what an awesome cover. That's not why I watch sports. I think it like just erodes why you like sports and it's kind of neck and neck with fantasy and just like what it does to sports fans brains and just how we look at human beings and everything else. But, um, I was thinking, like, I still love picking games. I love picking bowl games for college football. I'm excited to do that this week. I'm actually doing it tomorrow. Um, and I play with my dad and my brother every year, and it's great. And I love it. And I also win every year. So shout out to my dad and my brother, Caleb, for getting ready to uh, get your ass kicked one more season in a row. Um, I want to do a good cause type thing. We're like, it's late in the season, so we can't do this for a full season. But this is something to think about going into next year. We're like, 
I wanted to see if we could do some sort of challenge with like our pick'em, where like a charity water challenge. And charity water is a charity that I've given to in the past. It's a charity that I very much like. It's an easy charity to give to, and they do great work um, all across the world in getting clean water to people that need it. And as someone um, with lots of nonprofit experience, I um, thought this would be something interesting and a new take of like whoever wins has to do something with charity water and giving and something like that. So I, I, I've just been thinking about that and um, how we can integrate that. What do you think? I mean, I'm always down. We got to figure it out. I got to figure out how to brand this or not even just brand, but like how to make it work and like how we can integrate like you versus me in this capacity of like one, whoever wins has to like, even if we, the loser it's not really losing. You know what I mean? We're like, we're still doing something for charity water, the charity water challenge. That's just, that's where my head's at right now. We'll get, we'll get there. We'll brainstorm. We'll brainstorm. But, um, the games this week, that is very much there. We know who it's going to be. Um, no more Thursday night games, which I'm happy about. Thank God. (laughs) Um, I'm very, it, and also maybe just cancel Monday night as the Saints are now up 27 to nothing on the Colts. Yeah, it's absolutely just, uh, it's so depressing. Um, God, Andrew Luck. I miss you, guy. Um, Saturday, 1 o'clock, Texans at Bucks. Bucks riding a hot streak. No Mike Evans. Jameis just going berserk last week against the Lions. Texans, very Jekyll and Hyde team. I I think the Bucks are winning this game. I'm taking the Texans. Okay. And I'll, I'll say this. I think what Jameis has been doing is amazing. I don't think I necessarily expect him to slow down. Um, but I'm going with my heart here, and I need to, I need to know that Deshaun Watson in the late season – can really put it on. So I'm expecting a, a an exciting win from Deshaun Watson and a good outing from him. Do you know who I don't believe in? Bill O'Brien. Not really just that. It's because their offense has actually been pretty solid this year. It's um that's secondary. And Jameis is going to light this Texans defense up. Probably, yeah. I, I I just can't shake the feeling that this is a bad matchup for the Texans. This is the type of game that they get boat raced in. I'm give me the Bucks here. The Bucks riding a hot streak down the stretch here. Um, Pats at home against the Bills. Suddenly important game. This is going to be the ugliest game of the weekend. I would say. I'm Pats not offense. We know how it's doing. Um, it it's not good. Things are not good. Sonny Michelle had a good week. He averaged almost five yards of carry, so he's back a little bit. The defense is insane. Stephon Gilmore had this beautiful pick six on Tyler Boyd on Sunday where he read the play perfectly and just jumped the route at perfect time in pick six. It was, it was beautiful. Um, Tredavious White, Stephon Gilmore, good, good stuff on Saturday if you're a big defensive back junkie. But if you're an offensive person and enjoy watching fun, high-scoring football, this is not the game for you. Um, but there's no doubt in my mind the, the New England Patriots are winning this football game. I, I couldn't pick against the Patriots if I wanted to. And I want to. It's just, yeah. I want to, too. Like, but also not the Bills, because I don't 
enjoy watching Josh Allen's Bills, and I also don't think he's very. Good. I will say this though: I do think the Patriots' end is soon. I will. Here's my hot take: I think Bill Belichick waited way too long to replace Brady, and they're going to pay for it because he's going to get bad soon, and uh, they won't have a, a quarterback. My biggest worry is teams talk themselves out of Tua because of the injury stuff, and he falls far enough where the Patriots can trade up and take him. Uh, yeah, that's not going to happen. No one's letting Tua go to the Patriots. I, I've been thinking a lot about it. I, I just there's part of me that's very. I'd be more worried about them be a Patriot. I'd be more worried about Justin Herbert going to the Patriots. That's more real. Justin Herbert can go wherever he wants. That guy is Mister. Like I'll know my lasting college um, as an Oregon guy. On this, and me being an Auburn guy, I can appreciate this. Um, Justin Herbert sailing that ball out of the end zone um, on the last play of the Oregon Auburn game is like my lasting memory of Justin Herbert. He is, um, I don't know. He's, I'm not a big Justin Herbert guy. I'll say I, I don't, I've never been all that impressed. I don't think, I don't think they did too well with him as a whole in his college career. And I expect him to have a better NFL career than they, than he did at Oregon. That's fair. He's got all uh, the physical traits. So, Saturday night, your team, the San Francisco 49ers, primetime at home against the Rams. This is my lock of the week. Lock this one up. The 49ers, they beat the Rams soundly. 100%. At the end of the day, it's a very interesting concept when you look at the 49ers playoff race and what they're looking to do with the number one seed. They can actually lose here because if they then go ahead and beat the Seattle Seahawks, that strength of schedule will be a, a tiebreaker going to the 49ers with the same record they'll end with. So they can lose here. It's not imperative. They can lose as long as they beat Seattle. They still get the one seed. But they're going to be very – they are very mad. Nick Bosa had the only sack last uh, yesterday and at the end of the game was saying, I didn't do good enough. I, you know, I basically was like, I failed this team. I don't want to know what an angry Nick Bosa looks like, but he's going to go nuts on Jared Goff tomorrow. I don't know what the injuries look like. Do I think what? uh, Do you think uh, the 49ers pick up the fifth-year option on Solomon Thomas? Oh, God, no. Absolutely (laughs) not. I'm not saying no. Absolutely not. No, I don't. He has literally done nothing this year. A year where every single other player has stepped up and gotten better. Every single player. Ronald Blair, before he tore his ACL, is out for the year. Ronald Blair, who hadn't done well ever, had been doing well. Solomon Thomas just cannot do it. And, you know, yesterday they were trying to rush him from the edge again, which is not his thing. So, no, I don't know what he is, but it will never be a good San Francisco 49er. Yeah, I don't think so either. I um I uh, yeah, it's it's not great there. Um Jets hosting the Steelers. Just another unwatchable game. One o'clock, first one o'clock game. Um I'm taking the bullet. Who is the bullet? I'm taking a bullet to my head so I don't have to watch them. <laughs> no, I'm no, honestly, I you know I'm gonna say the Jets win just because I still refuse. I mean, no, that's no. Mike Tomlin has been good this year. This is going to be a, a game Mike Tomlin can win. They they, have, they don't have the better quarterback, but 
Adam Gase is awful. Steelers win. I think so too. Um, James Connor getting shifty this week, putting on some moves. Good to see him back. Um, Saints at Titans, maybe the best one o'clock game on Sunday. Very much interested in this. Um, Saints obviously beating the shit out of one AFC uh, South team tonight. They get to go to Tennessee. Um, Tannehill still played well. I, whew, not a good time to play Tennessee if you're New Orleans because you're trying to lock up that one seed. You're back in the driver's seat, and now you have to go to Tennessee, who is coming off a very frustrating, pissed off. Like it was a classic letdown look ahead spot where they had the Texans at home with the Saints at home the following week, and they just, I think they took them for granted. I think the Titans are the better team than the Texans, but the Texans have more top-heavy talent. They were just able to do that yesterday. Um, I'm interested in this game. I, I don't feel good about it either way, but I'm going to bet on the Saints and not feel good about it. I am going I'm going to pick the Saints, period. They're on a roll right now. I think they really, really you talk about a team getting angry. I think they got really angry losing the way they did to the 49ers, and I don't want to play the Saints – at all for the regular season. I, anybody in their way, I feel bad for them. Uh, Drew Brees is now officially, as of uh, 20 minutes ago, the leading all-time t- passing touchdown record holder, beating Peyton Manning. Uh, Mike Thomas now has more career receptions than Marvis Har- Marvin Harrison, uh, <laughs> which is insane to think about considering how young he is. I think the Saints are going to play angry all year, and the Titans are a good football team, but there's no way Ryan Tannehill, even how good he has been playing, beats the Saints. Yeah. We'll, we'll have to see. I don't know. I would not be surprised if we see on the ticker like 27-24 Titans win. Um, Panthers at Colts. Good God. Can we cancel this game? No it, one wins. Well, did you hear? You know who the Panthers' starting quarterback is going to be? Oh God! Tell Will me, tell me, Will Greer? Will Greer? I'm excited. Okay, I'm all in again. Did you, he was so bad in the preseason. He was. He was horrible in the preseason. I gotta go Panthers here just because I they've shown that they can win without a good quarterback. I don't know who wins this game, but it's gonna be an ugly game. I I have the Colts here. This has all the Colts like just annoying ass drubbing. I I think the Colts Colts win this very handily like 17 to 6 i it's gonna be great (laughs) i will watch zero seconds of this um another game i will be watching zero seconds of the Bengals at dolphins that's an awful game i'm so tired of watching ryan fitzpatrick be a starting quarterback in the nfl i'm so over it it i'm so over it he keeps finding ways he keeps ending up on the only teams possible to give him a starting quarterback position that man has there's something in that beard and i'm tired of it i will not be watching this game i will expect the Bengals to win the Bengals to win yes on the road in miami Uh uh-huh hard rock you act like playing miami on the road (laughs) is hard (laughs) i think miami wins here i would actually be pretty shocked if miami loses this game well, the Bengals have a very good opportunity to fuck up that number one pick. Or they have a I mean, th- you already had Boomer Esiason, like, 
present the Bengals to Joe Burrow this week. Like, it's going to be so damn awkward if the Bengals don't wind up with the number one overall pick. All right. It's going to be the most bungle thing of all time. We'll see. The Browns at home um, against the Baltimore Ravens. I'm uh, I'm going to say the Baltimore Ravens boat race the Browns here. That's uh, my lock of the week. The Ravens okay. destroy the Browns. And you know what? Does Freddie Kitchens get fired after this game? No, but I will say this. We're going to see a bigger outburst than Jarvis Landry. I don't know what it is. I don't even know who it's going to be. But we will see a bigger Browns outburst. It's not going to be good. Because Marcus Peters is going to be matched up with like OBJ and Jarvis Landry in this game. Yeah. Jimmy Smith will be in this. Uh, it's it's going to get feisty. Oh, yeah. Um. Jaguars on the road in Atlanta. Atlanta riding the hot streak. The march to seven. Oh, God. This is such a weird, weird game. Logically speaking, after watching what the Falcons did, I got to say the Falcons. But these are two teams that just don't want to win football games. The Falcons did yesterday, and that might be their last valiant effort of the year. So I don't know. What are you going seven and nine? Oh God, that would be so insane to go one and seven. To they seven started one and seven. That was insane. I mean, yeah, they were the best one and seven team I've ever seen. I will get, I will say Falcons, but I, they beat the, like, I don't know. They beat once again, they beat the saints and the 49ers, but lost to the bucks. I'll they say Eagles on prime time in amazing fashion, which feels like another season ago. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna say uh, I got the Falcons. I yeah, it's gonna be close late because Gardner Minshew is just the fourth quarter magician. Um, <laughs> Giants on the road against the Redskins. So many stinkers. This is like there's no middle ground. There's a lot of insanely great matchups this week and some god awful matchups. I'm gonna go Redskins here. Dwayne Haskins playing pretty well. I like what I've seen. Terry McLaurin's the best rookie receiver of this class, I think. Um, shout out to him. It's hard to pick uh, any any rookie receiver. They've all had really great years. Uh, I'm yeah. gonna go. I'm gonna go Redskins too. I think they've got a really good football team and, uh, for a bad football team uh, to be considered. And I really like Darius Geese. Guys, yeah, Geechee? I think it's guys. Yeah, guys. I really um, like him. He's a he's a great kid. They have pieces on offense. If Alex Smith was healthy, I think we would be looking at this team a lot differently. Oh, absolutely. Um, Lions at Broncos. I'm going to say David Blau does not walk into mile high and get a victory here. Oh, no. Drew Locke is, is stunting on that ass. Drew Locke opens up the clip. And also, your guy, Cortland Sutton. Another big week for him. He is... The Drew Locke oh, addition yeah. to this lineup has changed how people are looking at Cortland Sutton. He is a dude. Yeah, no. Cortland Sutton is 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 a... Is a, is a is a man and a number one wide receiver. Yeah. Raiders on the road at four o'clock in Los Angeles for the chargers. Just another stink bomb. I, Oh, I guess Raiders, but I don't feel great about it. Uh, I uh, match up for the Chargers. Like they have a bad offensive line, but the Raiders have no pass rush. Like the Raiders have questions where the Chargers should have answers at wide receiver versus the Raiders corners. Like 
They like Derek Carr gets happy feet when pressure's near him. You have Bosa and Ingram. There should be like I I guess I'll go Chargers. Like there's no reason for the Chargers not to win this football game at home because they're a better team than the Raiders. Like I just they lose dumbass games every week. They lose by but they're both they're both doing it. They're both losing yeah. dumbass games. They're both they're both losing dumbass games. And I honestly I don't know. Philip Rivers has been so bad. I'm gonna take the Chargers. I'm not gonna be happy about it. I think the Ra- the Raiders after that sad sad last game uh, at the Coliseum. I just don't know what they do to finish the year out. I'm going Chargers. Hmm. I why are we betting on the Chargers? Death taxes and Chase not being able to quit the Chargers. Um, the Cardinals on the road in Seattle. I, I this is my favorite four o'clock game. I mean, I mean, you know, I will be watching that very intently. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know. It's really hard. Josh Gordon lost is out. Year. Uh, I don't know. I'm going to look this up. But yes, Josh Gordon is out. Keep going. Jo- Josh Gordon's out. Um, you know, Rashad Penny's out for the season. I, I It's hard to ever bet against uh, Russell Wilson. I don't know if I can bet on Russell bet against Russell Wilson, even though I hate that man more than life itself. I'm going to say the Seahawks win, but I wouldn't be surprised. I'd be elated if the Cardinals upset them. They've lost two games at home this year. Was it Rams and who? Not Rams, Ravens and Saints. Uh, two damn good games. They haven't lost to a bad team yet. Like, the Seahawks' losses are, like, they beat the Panthers. They beat the Bucks, but by six. They beat the Panthers by six. They beat the Browns by four. They beat the Cardinals on the road in uh, early this season, 27 to 10. They beat the Steelers by two. They beat the Bengals by one. They just, they stick with every team they play. Like, it's just, they don't have these decisive victories ever. So, I think we're going to learn a lot about this Cardinals team. I think Kyler's going to take this game into the fourth quarter. I I think this is like 33-30 Seahawks, but I think this is going to be a really good game, and Patrick Peterson's going to do some fun stuff, and I think Kyler Murray should uh, have a nice day. And it's a good – this could be like a coming out party for Kyler on the national stage where people are all watching him. I think this is going to be fun to see him duel against Russell Wilson. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's going to be fun to watch many Russell versus Russell – um it'll be yeah it'll be fun to watch be a good game cowboys on the road at philly basically to decide this division yeah i'm I'm, i just i can't talk myself into the eagles this has to be the cowboys i'm taking the cowboys too for sure especially after this week i just i don't want either of these teams in the playoffs I, I want the Cowboys in the playoffs. As a, as a 49ers fan, I'm very excited for them to go in and just absolutely shit the bed. I don't know. Would they be – I guess we'll have to see. But I, I would you feel good about – because it would be a rematch, right? Like we're probably going to get a rematch of Cowboys-Seahawks. Yeah, maybe. Could they win a playoff game? I think I bet – I think I would pick the Cowboys at home against the Seahawks in round one again yeah i don't know i mean it, it all depends it could end up being the 49ers that would be crazy if the 49ers fell to four 
I mean, it'll be Wait, crazy. They can't fall to four. They no. can't. No, I thought the Cowboys will have the 49ers will have the five seed, or the Seahawks or the the 49ers. Oh, will I guess have the five yeah, seed. they technically could fall out of the division. I, I haven't even considered that. I think they're they, they're going to. Yeah, the division. one way or another, one way or another, the Seahawks or the 49ers play the Cowboys. Yeah, and I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Um, Sunday night, Chiefs at Bears. Um, Chiefs a million times. Collinsworth and Al Michaels are going to talk about the fact that Patrick Mahomes was taken several spots behind Mitch Trubisky, who the Bears traded up for in this game. I think it might be mentioned a hundred times. The this is going to be brutal. Yeah, it's good. It's it's yeah. The the Bears are going to watch in real time as the guy they should have taken. Can you imagine Patrick Mahomes last year on that Bears defense? Oh, God. Can you imagine him every year during this prime Bears defense run? Like, Patrick Mahomes doesn't have a good defense. Like, if Patrick Mahomes had the Bears defense in Kansas City, does he win two rings? Three rings? Yes, probably. But, yeah, I'm going Chiefs. Chiefs. season's very frustrating because the Chiefs are just as good as they were last year. They just missed Mahomes for a couple games, and they lost out on the number one or number two seed in the AFC. And I think people are just bored of the way they play. They're kind of like Houston Rockets-y in a little in a weird way. We're like they know what they're good at, they know what they do, and uh, they have their limitations, but they're going to be awesome every year. Yeah, no, I mean the Chiefs they they had a Patrick Mahomes injury early, and he's getting healthy and he's getting good again. He just threw for a lot of points. He just fucking torched a good Broncos defense in the snow. Yeah, it, I'm not worried about that at all. So the Chiefs will be good. I think I'm the leader of the Patrick Mahomes is not getting enough credit army this season. Like it's just, we're overlooking all this. So he's going to stunt all over the bears. I think on Sunday, um, last game Monday night, finally a good Monday night game as the saints score another touchdown to go up 34, nothing. Um, the Packers on the road in Minnesota. I'm taking Minnesota. Well, no. Oh no. It's a primetime game. I'm taking the Packers. Time cousins. I'm taking Packers. It's a primetime game. Monday night. No way am I taking Cousins. He won one, but he's not doing it against a good team. I am taking the Packers, but... This is a bad loss if the Vikings can't do this. Like, this is bad. You got to do this if you're the Vikings. This is like one of those like exclamation point type things you need. To like sell the fan base on the guaranteed money with Kirk Cousins. This is the game that you pay Kirk Cousins for to win, right? I mean, he's had a lot of games that you pay Kirk Cousins to win so far. But like, this is the best spot he's been in since he's been there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Thielen's got his second game back. We got to see what happens to Dalvin Cook because he has been injured. The running backs have played well in his absence whenever he does get injured. So, okay, yeah. I don't know. I, I'm very excited for this, but I'm going to go Packers. Um, all right. That's all I've got. Um, I don't know, man. This is this is great. I very much enjoyed doing these every Monday. It's just, it's It's been a lot of fun, and I once again, it's a great season to do it. There's been a lot of good football lately. It has. I'm I'm excited, and there's more on the way. We have a couple more weeks, and then we got the playoffs and all that good stuff. Um, well, Evan, is there anything you would like to plug before we get out of here tonight? Well, apparently now I should be telling you guys to listen to the Chase Thomas podcast on Mondays. 
Uh, no, man. You know, as always, follow me on Twitter. Wait, Evan. No, don't do it. Are you telling them not to? No, I mean, I don't need to plug that. You're they're already listening. We're That's good true. there. Uh, I, other than that, I don't have anything to plug. Definitely follow me on Twitter. Uh, other than my never-ending 49ers tweets, I'm probably not that bad of a follow. Um, but yeah, go 49ers. It's been fun doing this, and we'll see you next Monday. Lee Ray Wilson, forever. Catch the wave. <laughs> All right, man. All right, that'll do it for today's episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast. Thank you uh, to the wonderful guests for coming on today's show. Thank you uh, to my wonderful listeners for listening to today's episode. Uh, I greatly appreciate it. Um, if you like today's episode, leave a five-star rating and a review on Apple. It would be great. Um, it helps the show continue to grow and I would very much appreciate it. Uh, you can also support the show on Patreon by going to patreon.com slash chase Thomas writer. Um, for as little as $5 a month, it helps the show keep the lights on. So that would be a great help to me as well. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter at chase underscore Thomas. You could go to chase Thomas which has all of my stuff, all my episodes ever, um, links to everything that you need. Um, and all of my writing that uh, I'm doing fairly often these days um, on the NFL, on NBA, on college football, on pro wrestling. I write about everything. I write a lot. Um, so go read me on that front. So if you're not tired of listening to me, you can also read me. Um, so that's awesome. But uh, I think that's enough self-promotion from me for one episode. Uh, I hope you continue listening. That would be great. And uh, I will talk to you all again very soon. Thanks, guys. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah.